Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Thank you. Well, welcome everybody to the Must Read Alaska show. I'm your host, John Quick, coming to you live from somewhere in Alaska. And if you live anywhere kind of near Anchorage, you'll notice that it snowed, at least here on the Kenai Peninsula. We had almost a foot of snow yesterday, which is pretty crazy. Kids love that they're playing out in the snow. Uh, it's probably the first time I can remember that school was closed because of snow. I think it was because it unexpectedly dumped a foot in October and maybe the folks weren't ready. But we do appreciate our um, borough employees and our and our Alaska state employees, they cleared those roads very quickly, which uh, we always appreciate. It's not often that those folks get compliments. So we really appreciate you clearing the roads for us. A lot of people just um, have it, uh, assumed that roads magically clear. Well, that doesn't happen. People get up at midnight and clear the roads. So thank you so much for all the hard work that you've done. And for folks that listen, watch, or read Must Read Alaska, we want to thank you. It's because of folks like you that we do this. Um, if you if you listen to our podcast, we just ask that you leave us a nice review. We're on we're on uh, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, you name it, we're on it. And we do this for free because we love what we do. And so all we ask in return is a nice review. If you have our app on the App Store, some of you may think, "What? You have an app?" Yes, we have an app. If you go into the iTunes App Store, or if you have a Samsung or, or an Android phone, if you go into that App Store, just type in Must Read Alaska. Our app pops right up, and it's free for, for use. We put a lot of time, money, resources into that as well. And uh, if you like it, leave us a five-star review. We have a five-star review rating on the app and a 4.9-star review rating on the Must Read Alaska show, so we're pretty stoked about that. And uh, if you want to help Keep the lights on here. Go to mustreadalaska.com. On the right-hand side there, there's a Donate Now button, and uh, you can feel free to donate $5, $10, $100. We are kept alive because of small donations of folks that just feel the need to contribute every once in a while. So if that already is you, I want to thank you. And uh, without further ado, we have a very special guest today. I was able, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago to spend about a half a day or a day with Junior and he's the chief equity officer for the city of Anchorage. And I can tell you one thing, that Junior is making a huge impact in the city of Anchorage. Um, the I remember, I'll tell you the quick story of, of uh, folks, I'll tell you the quick story of uh, the highlight of, of the video, and then we'll let Junior here kind of take it away. But we went into the school, and I remember talking to the principal, it was the elementary school, and the principal was telling me that this like national speaker had come a couple of weeks before, and you know some lady who travels the world and speaks everywhere and is like the speaking guru, and she had told me that this speaker was there two weeks before and had told the principal that these were some of the worst kids she had ever seen in her entire life, and she's never coming back to this godforsaken school because the kids behave so badly. Well, I can tell you when Junior was there, you could hear hear a pin drop. That's how he had these kids on the edge of their seats, just, you know, aiming for whatever next word Junior was going to say. So without further ado, welcome Junior to the Must Read Alaska show. 
Thank you, John Quick. It's always a privilege uh, to be able to speak about the work that we're doing in the city. And uh, it's always a privilege to work with you. So I thank you for the work that you're doing. Get the message out. Well, I appreciate it. You are a stand-up guy, and I think you could be probably doing whatever you want in life, but you choose to make a difference here in Anchorage. So tell folks, give us a little bit of your story. Where did you grow up? And and kind of what first got you involved in football when you're when you were just a teen? Yeah, no, no problem. So, you know, I was actually born in a little small, little tiny out in the ocean. It's called American Samoa. And I'm from the village of Ili Ili. And I come from a family of 10 sisters, two brothers. And uh, we moved out of the small island, out to Hawaii, out to the West Coast. state, And then that's where we moved eventually to Alaska, uh, where we had family here to start a church, uh, the Seventh-day Adventist Church downtown, uh, where we started the Samoan Seventh-day Adventist Church with my father, my mother, and uh, two uncles. So we, we started that church there. And after starting that church, uh, you know, my mother moved us out to Mountain View, where we lived. Uh, went to Mountain View Elementary, went to Clark Middle School, uh, went to East High School. And I didn't play any sports growing up, actually. Um, growing up, I was um, more of a troubled teen, a kid that got into a lot of trouble um, and didn't really um, have my focus right. And when I got kicked out of the school systems in Anchorage, I actually uh, got uh, relocated out to the Valley. And that's where really my football journey started is playing football out in the Valley uh, where I met a mentor in my life that stepped in my life to really kind of refocus me uh, to be able to get my vision right, to be able to focus on my academics and athletics, but mostly my attitude because my attitude is what determines what my future is going to be. And so when he gave me those tools, I ended up building from there. I became uh, you know, one of the top football players out, out of Alaska that year. Um, ended up refocusing in training, refocusing in grades, refocusing and becoming a great individual at home. And all aspects of my life, I started changing things once that mentor was able to help me. Well, you know, that's the same thing I did in football. It was when I got into football, I started to utilize the tools that my mentor gave me and help my teammates. Well, that's when we became very successful at Palmer High School, doing a lot of great things out there, uh, winning culture. Um, and then from there, you know, I was able to go to college, uh, to be able to go and be the first person in my family to be able to graduate college. And I, I, I really don't believe that if this, if this uh, mentor didn't step in my life, I would have never gone to college because it really shifted the way I was thinking about life. And then ultimately football, which got me out to be able to go play uh, in, in college. So it's one thing, you know, um, for folks to, you know, play football in high school and and then you get to college. What was it? What clicked in your mind when? What, do you remember the day where you're like, I could actually play professional football if I, if I, you know, train a little harder or make the right connections or, you know, do whatever you need to do. Describe to me what that moment was like, and then tell us about your journey to becoming in the NFL. The great thing about football, uh, sports in general, uh, from my experience, I can just speak of football is that it teaches you a lot of life lessons. It prepares you for life. It prepares you to really just take accountability for your actions. So football taught me that on the field, if I make mistakes, I'm going to pay for it. And same thing in life. You know, I use that today in life. And that's the message I share with my teammates, message I share with my family, my friends, uh, people that I mentor. Being in these different groups is share my experience as a football player because it taught me a lot of life skills. Well, you know, my senior year uh, when I transferred out um, 
from Minnesota. I went to Minnesota State. I was visited by all 32 teams, and it felt pretty good because, you know, people were noticing the work that I was putting on the field. And from then on, I kind of knew that there was a chance of me going pro. And, you know, in my culture, in the Samoan culture, being a pro in the NFL is a huge deal. So it was a huge honor to be able to get picked up by the Cowboys after I graduated. It was a huge honor to be able to be in probably one of the best sports franchises in the world. And to be able to be in that capacity was just a huge blessing. It gave me a platform that I still use today to be able to impact the youth, be able to impact young adults and also adults too. So the work that I do, you know, I, I give credit to the NFL, give credit to the pro teams that I've been with, because it gives me that platform to be able to reach people that other people cannot do. So it's been a huge blessing to be able to be part of pro sports and also learn about the life skills that I was taught to be able to help mentor and give other people tools too. So tell me the, tell me why you came back to Alaska. I think, again, I said earlier on, you strike me as a guy that can probably do whatever he wants in life. You could have gotten some huge, you know, corporate job in New York city, getting paid $400,000 a year and done good. But you, you decided to come back to Alaska to give back. Tell, tell me about that decision and what brought you back to Alaska. Family, you know, family brought me back to Alaska and, you know, uh, being familiar with Alaska, growing up in Alaska, knowing um, the culture of Alaska, uh, that's something that I wanted and be able to come back and also help my family. Uh, so in Indiana, you know, I was running a nonprofit organization that I found called Elite Athletic Trend, uh, where I was helping youth, I was helping community engagement, I was helping better the community. Well, you know, it didn't feel right in my heart that my family up in Alaska, this is during the pandemic where uh, shutdowns were happening, um, you know, virtual was happening, virtual learning. And my, my two children, Melina Desmond, um, they were suffering, learning mm -hmm. from a screen. And so it didn't sit right in my heart to be able to be in another state while my children are in Alaska, you know, suffering, uh, learning. And so I decided to make that move from Indiana to Alaska to be able to assist them and to be able to help encourage them to be able to help raise them as a father instead of being across in Alaska. And when I made that move, a lot of things happened. A lot of great things happened for them uh, where they can, where they increased in grades and uh, happiness is a lot happier uh, with me as well. And then I'll be, I was able to be able to come back in the capacity I was with the DEA to be able to impact communities as well. So tell me about your job real quick with the DEA. It's very fascinating to me. Um, you know, when people think the DEA, they, they think somebody's knocking down their door, taking their guns or their drugs. Tell us about what you did with the DEA. Yeah, so the DEA in the capacity I, I uh, played a role there. They, it was a national initiative that happened across the, the nation. Uh, it's called Operation Engage. And Anchorage was selected as one of the cities to be able to have one of those Operation Engage uh, Well, the DEA and myself, we kind of ran into each other. They kind of saw the work that I'd done in Indiana with the communities and all the things that I've done as far as outreach and be able to impact locally. And they wanted me to be head spear that here in Anchorage. And so it was a it was a happy marriage when we got together. And, you know, once that happened, you know, I took a holistic approach just like I do now uh, to be able to impact the youth, to be able to impact young adults and also adults in the workplace. And basically what I did was be able to spread knowledge, education about certain things that are happening currently now uh, with the 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 drug, the fentanyl, all the overdose uh, information coming out of Anchorage. Basically, I was here to 
educate local members from elementary all the way up to adulthood to be able to let them know that this is out there and it's real and it can impact their families. So you you did that for a little bit and then the mayor comes knocking on your door when he um, you know wins. Tell us about um, what you what you do now and and what got you excited to come over to the city of Anchorage to be the chief equity officer. Absolutely. You know, I give all love and respect to the DEA, the work that I've done with them. So I'm very thankful that they gave me the opportunity to be able to do the things I did with them. Um, but also I'm grateful for the opportunity to work for Mayor Brunson and also the administration and also work with the assembly to be able to do what I'm doing. Um, I give them a, a thank you for uh, affirming me as well. Uh, to be able to be the first uh, Samoan highly ranked in the history of Alaska, uh, which goes a long ways in my in my culture. Um, seeing an individual to be able to do this encourages many. So in my role now that I play uh, uh, as a chief equity officer, um, it's a dream job. It's where I'd be able to connect uh, groups, connect individuals that need the resources here in our government, and I bridge that gap. Also, what I do, too, is to be able to find ways to diversify a workforce uh, to be able to bridge that gap as well. Uh, have people at the table that usually were never at the table before with the mayor. Uh, currently, I'm holding a listening tour. Uh, I do it every single year. Last year, I did it last year, and I met with multiple groups. And basically what I do is I listen, I hear about the different barriers that are happening within their community, and what are the things that I can do to be able to bridge that gap with uh, government resources and also local resources. Well, this year, we're having that listening tour again, but it's not just me. Uh, we're having the mayor sit in on those listening tours to where now they have a seat at the table with the mayor, uh, with themselves to be able to give uh, the successes and the barriers that the government can help out with within that group or community. So the, these listening tours, just to give a little more info for folks that are listening, you're going into different cultures within Anchorage and giving them an a seat at the table, if you will, to be able to say whatever they want to the to the administration or to the city. Give us, tell us what one of these, you know, has looked like or potentially looks like, um, because I think it's fascinating. Oftentimes government makes you come to them. That's pretty much 90% um, of the time. They, they, um, it's just the nature of the beast. You know, they, they do have public meetings and whatnot, but usually, um, you know, lots of people have jobs and they work and they got soccer moms and stay at home dads and 40 other things to do you all are literally going into the community and making it meeting them on their own turf and making it uh, one step easier for folks to get their concerns or their praises out. But my guess is there's lots of concerns. So tell us about maybe one particular one that went well and one that you're excited about. Yeah. And, you know, the thing about the listening tour is being able to uh, get them at the table, seat at the table, but also be able to be in a safe place to where they can actually share and discuss some of the issues or barriers that are happening. And what that listening tour offers is to be able to do that. Uh, last year, I held these listening tours with many uh, organizations and people to now they're like, oh, wow, we're doing it again. Well, this time we're having a mayor. So <laughs> we have them. Like, wow, the mayor's there. <laughs> so a lot of them are really shocked that they get to be able to sit with the mayor and talk. Uh, so we go to these different groups and organizations and we really find out and the mayor has the opportunity to sit and listen to the things that are happening. And you mentioned it, this is probably one of the most diverse uh, communities in, across the United States. You know, and I grew up in it. 
you know, I grew up in that. So I know some of the issues growing up there. I know some of these individuals. I know some of these groups that do have uh, things going on that need to be heard. And so when we go into these listening tours, one of these groups uh, expressed that they needed a cultural center. And the reason why they needed a cultural center is because they needed more language access. And another group uh, asked for a computer lab, a computer lab that will help their young adults to be able to join the workforce or well, you know, my job also is to be able to connect uh, resources that are local. So we partner with the Small Business Association, and then we also partner with the Department of Labor. And so I connected with those individuals to be able to get those resources that are from the state and federal level as well. And so we, I don't just utilize our resources here mm-hmm. in the city, but I utilize our, our partner across the state and also locally. So, for example, um, some of these groups will come to us and say, hey, we don't have people that can translate. Well, now we're able to connect them with groups that are locally, these nonprofits that are doing work to be able to come in and be translators, to be able to come in and help out with papers, uh, whether it be for health or anything like that. They, they'll be able to connect with the local resources that are here in Anchorage. And so these listening tours are very vital because we're able to hear the local issues that are happening. Mm-hmm. Alaska is a lot different than, say, Washington or California, Florida, any of those other states. So we're a lot different. So we got to listen to the individuals that are here in our community to be able to break those barriers. I love it. The government does a lot of telling tours and you've flipped the script and done a listening tour. So I think it's pretty awesome. Um, you, you've also done, I believe so, you've done some job fairs in these communities as well which I think is super important. You know, again, oftentimes government comes in and tells you what to do and then gives you an opportunity to have some public comment at the end. You're coming in and you're acting as a friend and family and giving uh, uh, a relationship to folks and then some resources on the side. So tell us about what these job fairs look like and uh, are there any more planned here in the future? Absolutely. So we hold a job fair every three months. And the reasoning behind that is that we want to show the community that we're committed to getting people back to work. And so we started uh, when I came in, you know, everybody's struggling to have people go to work. Well, now we're able to kind of utilize some of these resources as like buildings to be able to go and host these job fairs, meet them where they are at so they can just come. Uh, so we the very first one that we had was in Fairview. And then the next one we had was in Mountain View. Then the next one we had was in Spinard. Then we just had one Midtown in the library. The next one will probably be in Muldoon. So we're just touching all these different locations, providing a resource that for some people is probably a barrier to get to or, you know, because of travel or whatever. And we go to these different locations so that people in those areas have access to job opportunities. So whether it be from the city or whether it be from our local partners that want to get on board. Uh, this last one, uh, we had over 40 vendors. And we had over 125 or so. One organization, I think it was CARS, ended up hiring seven people on the spot. Oh, wow. So it's very beneficial to be able to host these things and show the community that we're committed to doing things to help our community. And one thing I know, if you want to show the community you want, you're there for them, you show up for them. And so we've gone to these different communities to be able to offer this resources for these different groups. Uh, and give individual individuals opportunities to be able to succeed in life. I love it. You're you're you know literally providing them you know the opportunity to get a job. And some of these jobs, 
um, are probably government type jobs with great benefits and pay. And um, uh, I, I think it's a it's a it's a big step in the right direction for you to do these job fairs inside the communities as opposed to making them always come to you. So one of the things that I think that I'm most excited about that you're doing, you're you're doing a ton of work, but the thing that I got us off see firsthand is you inside the schools. And so I want to paint the, a picture for folks before you tell us about it is we all have everybody that went to public school or even private school. We've all had, you know, those one or two memories that we have from elementary school when that cool assembly happened, you know, and, and somebody came in and maybe it was the dude with the yo-yos or maybe it was a motivational speaker. Well, junior is that for these kids. It, just imagine yourself as a second grader, third grader, fourth grader, and an NFL player shows up to your school to tell you how to potentially be a better person to make a big impact in the world. This is happening in Anchorage and kids are eating this stuff up. Literally teachers, the one that I went to, I only went to one Teachers were in tears. The principal was in tears because of the response that this school had uh, from what Junior had to say. So, Junior, tell us about this work that you're doing, and do you plan to keep doing this through the rest of the school year? Tell us the future plans of it as well. Yeah, so, you know, the big thing that I focus on is, is a holistic approach, and one of those approaches is working with the so it's working with the youth, working with young adults, working with uh, adults in the workplace. Those three areas is what I focus on. And one of the areas I work with, which you were part of, is working with the youth. And so working with the youth in that capacity, it gives me the opportunity to go in there and speak about um, my experiences to help kids see that the future is right in front of them. They have control of that, which is with their attitude. And I'm sure you saw the helmet that I brought in there. Um, one of the things that I share with the kids is that the most important thing on the football field while performing as pros is not, is not our speed, not our strength, it's not our body, but it's, the, it's our, head, our, our head. So we use the helmet to protect it. Well, it's the brain. And I share that with kids that they have to protect their brain, whether they have to protect it in academics, athletics, they have to protect the circle that they're in because they got to protect their brains because our future really does depend on our youth. And so when I go in there and I cultivate uh, future leaders out of today's youth, it's a huge pleasure of mine because that was something that someone did for me. Uh, one story that I shared uh, during my confirmation, when I was in college, um, I actually was going through um, uh, a phase where I was about to get kicked out of school. And then because of a chief equity officer stepped in and told the president that I had qualities outside of academics that would qualify me to continue on because, you know, I have leadership skills as a Samoan. Um, I have leadership skills uh, in sports. All those things will be able to get me back on track. Well, that chief equity officer helped me um, maintain my status as a student. And after that happening, I ended up graduating college and becoming the first person in my family to be able to do that. Well, in my role as I play as a chief equity officer, I want to do that for our city. Same exact thing, to be able to recognize different skill sets, recognize the different traits that people have, but also let them know that it comes down to them and their attitude. So what I do in these different assemblies, whether it be a, a big one, small one, individual, basically I give them the tools, I hand it in front of them, 
they have to pick it up and get to work. So you are a hero to a lot of folks and uh, you're uh, an extremely humble guy. Who's been a hero in your life? What keeps you motivated? Um, it would have to be my father and also my mother. Uh, being able to uh, be underneath their guidance has always uh, helped me become the young man I am and um, the Christ follower that I am. And then also uh, to be able to have a big heart uh, for our community. Because I grew up with 10 sisters and two brothers. So that prepared me. <laughs> that got you prepared real quick. Oh, real quick. So uh, that prepared me for, you know, these assembly meetings and all these uh, listening tours. So 10 sisters, it definitely will prepare you for life. So any other things uh, that you're excited about for this coming year that you got plans for that you want to share before we head out here? Yeah, I'm just excited to be able to, you know, help these different groups. Uh, I'm sure you saw that we're working with groups to be able to come in, to be able to be a resource locally, uh, to be able to empower different groups, to be able to help people locally and to be able to see uh, organizations grow. Um, I, I'm sure you saw that the Ukrainian uh, efforts uh, a year ago, they were just out in the freezing cold and uh, with just a mic and just talking about how, you know, they need resources. They need uh, things to be able to uh, help individuals coming from Ukraine. Well, now we just did a ribbon cutting for them uh, about a month ago to be able to have a facility uh, and to be able to uh, have resources, local resources for individuals that are struggling uh, from the Ukrainian community. Those are the things that wake me up every single day is to be able to encourage, to be able to help different groups, um, different people to be able to succeed here locally in our great city of Anchorage. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Junior, for joining us. And for folks that maybe just caught to the tail end of this, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to the, to the entire thing. Junior is a real life superhero doing great stuff in Anchorage. And uh, I want to encourage folks that you can do the same in your community. Um, it, everybody knows people, everybody's connected, whether you're connected with one person or a hundred, maybe your kids go to school and you know, that kid that doesn't have a winter coat or doesn't be able doesn't, can't have a warm breakfast. Each person out there can make a difference in somebody's life. And, uh, maybe it's making a difference in your own family's life. Maybe it's making a difference in your friend's life or your neighbor's life. But, uh, one of the things that I like about junior is I think that he'd be doing this kind of stuff regardless of wherever he's at in life. So Junior, I wish you nothing but success. I'm very excited that you're in the city of Anchorage um, and uh, I wish you uh, well in your endeavors. I hope that you keep up what you're doing. These listening tours and the job fairs and speaking at schools is making a big impact. So kudos, way to go. And for folks that are uh, listening, uh, you can catch us on Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, pretty much anywhere there's a podcast, you can find us. Tomorrow, I'm gonna have Pastor Ron from Anchorage Baptist Temple on talking about where faith intersects with politics. And uh, it's going to be an interesting, interesting conversation. Uh, yesterday I had Senator Mike Showers on. You're going to want to take a listen to that. That's a, uh, he, uh, he uh, had a little bit of fire under his belly. So for folks that want to listen to that, he refutes a lot of the things that his uh, opponent is campaigning on and against him. So it's worth the 30 minutes listening to. So until next time, I'm John Quick signing off from somewhere in Alaska. Thank you so much, Junior. Thank you, John.